Hello, passionate people. You are listening to Passion Harvest. Thank you so much for listening today. And as always, I'm so passionate to share these episodes with you. I'm Louisa, your host, International Passion Ambassador. Every week we share new episodes talking with people across the planet who have an inspiring, entertaining and passionate story to share, taking you on a journey to discover your passion. Hello, passionate people. I have been so excited about this episode and it's a particular subject I am passionately interested in. In fact, after this episode, I was so blown away by Jo, I booked a reading with her. My wonderful guest today is Joanne Fuller, an Akashic Records teacher and advanced practitioner and is the founder of Akashic Studies Australia. She is also an end-of-life doula and is currently studying to become an animal chaplain. Joanne is passionate about teaching classes on how to read the Akashic Records and specialises in past lives and healing through the records. Jo describes the records as an energy matrix and form of consciousness that records all our actions, thoughts and feelings, past, present and future. And by working in the Akashic Records, you are able to access that data. We can go into the records to discover so many things from past lives, creative inspiration, overcoming negative beliefs, overcoming fear and understanding your soul's purpose and abilities. Jo speaks so openly from her heart about her journey from significant childhood trauma to become one of the country's leading Akashic Records authorities. If you would like to connect with Jo, please find all her details in the show notes and please leave a passionate review in iTunes. Welcome to the astounding world of Jo Fuller. This is her story and this is her passion. Jo, welcome to Passion Harvest. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you for being with us and I can't wait to hear more about the Akashic Records. Thank you very much for having me today. It's um, it's going to be an interesting conversation, I feel. It will. Um, and if you don't mind just sharing with our listeners just what is the Akashic Records? So the uh, Akashic Records is uh, what we call uh, a higher level of consciousness. Um, it uh, We could call it a, an energy matrix. Um, we're not really 100% sure what it is, but we know that there is something out there uh, even possibly a quantum field of some kind. Um, and there's a lot of uh, discussion even now in so- the science area about some kind of energy field being out there. So it's something that uh, records every thought we have, um, every action we do, past, present, and there's a little bit of future in there as well. Um, so it's just some kind of energy matrix, form of consciousness that records everything that's ever happened. So war, the past history of the planet, the Big Bang even. So um, it allows us, it's recorded, so then it allows us to actually access that. And what's incredible that, I mean, number one, that is available, but having the capability to access it, I find that absolutely fascinating. Can anyone do it? Yeah, I've heard of a gentleman called uh, Edgar Cayce. Mm -hmm. Um, He was an American psychic or channeler and he what we often call is like the father of spirituality so he would channel the records so he was called the sleeping prophet so he'd actually fall asleep and channel all this information so he thought uh, and and, in a lot of his books he will talk about how he got that information and he felt that some of it came from the person himself 
and some also came from within the records. So he's done something like 14,000 um, record uh, readings, 14,600 and something, I think. So, and they're all accessible. So people can actually go and have a look at those readings. Very interesting. So, so really, um, Anybody can access it and quite often people already have access to records. They just don't know that's where they're, they're getting their inspiration from or their ideas from. Or there's even talk that Leonardo da Vinci got a lot of his ideas for his, um, you know, his inventions. He would kind of have like a little nap and then wake up and go, whoa, and they'd have these ideas. So it's just, yeah, we, anyone can access it and everyone accesses it differently. And some people use meditation, other people use channeling. I use just a conscious access and intent you might want, want to say it like that um so yes available to everybody absolutely amazing and just briefly on edgar, edgar casey um i tried to read some of his books but i find them very um religious heavy i know he, he was he a preacher or a pastor <laughs> uh, well that's really interesting because the kashik records is not actually religious at all Mm -hmm. it, there's no, no religious affiliation to the record yet from my actual study in the records it is actually mentioned in most religious texts so I've just done a whole section on um, the Kashic records and religion and quite often in the Bible it talks about it as being the book of life or the book of God's remembrance so if you're talking to someone who's a Christian person they will know about this book of life and how our life is recorded in this book of life yet it's not religious and then if you talk to Jewish people they also talk about it as well um, and Buddhism they talk about it being um, you know reincarnation and also everything is recorded and karma they're a big one on karma and even in the Quran it talks about these two angels who record all the good things that happen to us and all the bad things that happen to us so if you look at all the religious texts it's, it's all there. It's all just a little bit different. It's a little bit interpreted a little bit differently. So it's there, but it's not religious. And I find that really interesting. Now with Edgar, um, yes, it is, does have that religious context. But what happens often in the records, if you're doing a reading for someone, is that you'll be given the information in a particular language. And it could be a, a biblical language that he was actually it was being given to him in that language. So I'll just give you an example. I often do talks about the, the records. And one day I had uh, was doing a talk for about 25 people and I opened my records and I gave each person some information. And I got to one lady and I said to her, well, you need to tend to your family before you tend to others. And that's very biblical. And I don't speak biblical. The records gave me that in that language. And then afterwards she came up to me and she said, I know exactly what you mean. She said, I work in the church. That's what I do. And I know that I have been spending too much time looking after other people and not my family. So she totally understood the uh, context of that message. So I would say that the record was just giving that to Edgar because he might have been a spiritual man, a religious man, and also could have been that if he had not been given it in that way or that format at that time, because we're talking about the 40s here, then people may not have taken any notice of it. And I'm just fascinated. I mean, when I hear the word records, I think of a library or some sort of books, but it's not always like that when you access the records. Yeah. Well, for <laughs> me, it, it doesn't. Um, but I do remember before I got involved in the records, I did do a go away with a lady and I did a weekend of 
pretty full on meditation with her. And I did experience a, a meditation where I did actually go somewhere and I remember placing my hand and it was like a big library, but it was, it was kind of like, I don't know, sort of a alien library, I, could, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. And I would just put my hand up on the wall on a tablet and the tablet would glow blue and I'd get all this information mm -hmm. and I'd move along to the next one and I'd do the same. So it was kind of like they were showing me there was this way of accessing this information. Um, I do have a friend of mine who accesses the records very different to me um, and she asks um, for four numbers between one and a, hundred, uh, one and a million and uh, to work on a particular intent for a client. And she'll get those four numbers and funny, funny enough, those four numbers are always between one and a hundred, even though we've got, she's got one to a million to use. Mm -hmm. And then she'll say those four numbers and she'll go to that person's records. And then to close them, she'll say those numbers backwards. So there's just all these different ways and formats to access this information. And I think it just depends on the person. Some people are very visual, some people are audio, some people have a combination of that, some people feel more. So it's just really up to that person, I think, that individual. You explain it so well. And I'm, I'm fascinated. Could someone call the Akashic Records? Could another name for it be intuition or psychic ability? So some people, I mean, I've heard the terminology, oh, you know, I've had a download in the shower, for example. Could that also be considered accessing the Akashic Records? Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> I know it's a little bit personal, but sometimes like, I'll be having a shower and I'll just be in that zone. And I've had now two children's books totally downloaded by the time I'm in the shower. And it's like, are you serious? Like, and then I have to try to get out of the shower and remember what the book was about. But How it was just like amazing. a download. And it was like, oh, thanks, guys. <laughs> so it's like, you know. Um, I think it's just that, that, and it's like that you just before you go to sleep, you're in that, I think, is it theta? Theta zone or some one of the sleep zones and... And I think you go into that state when you're in that meditation as well. And you kind of, I guess, you get out of your body and energy exchange with that higher level of consciousness or maybe even your higher self. I mean, I've got a greater clarity now. I always thought the Akashic Records was something, obviously it couldn't possibly be something separate, but it is almost like accessing your higher self or your soul or intuition, call it what you will, but it is a terminology to access that. Yeah, the, the Akashic Records is, is, we call it Akash, Akashic Records, but Akasha's, that real name for Akasha is, as, as I said, it's, you know, it's a Sanskrit word, so it means sky, space or ether. So if we look at it being like an ether or a higher level of consciousness, it, it's all invading. It is, it's probably something we actually really can't get our minds around because it's so big. But just say if it was everything, it's everywhere and it records everything, uh, it could be just, we could call it just a massive, you know, computer, like the biggest quantum computer we've ever seen ever. And then we can access that using codes or passwords or however. And there's just so much in there. So we can go in there and look at our soul's journey. So that's the past, so past lives and things like that and, and what's happened to us as we've grown from a soul perspective. We can just go in there and open the records and paint and draw and get inspiration um, we can go in there and work on ourselves and do some heavy work and some healing. I mean, there's so much we can do with the records and so many people use it for so many things, um, all kinds of things. So it's just a fascinating concept.
It's absolutely fascinating. I've just, just when you said that, I've got a few questions. If someone wants to find out more about their past lives, could you read their records for them to help them um, understand their past lives? Um, well, the, the way I teach my students is that, and one of the key things is to really think about the questions you're going to ask. And really the records don't know about time. Mm-hmm. Time is non-existent kind of thing in the records. So questions like why or how did that happen or this kind of thing, that's what we're looking for. So with past lives, it really will depend on what's happening with the person in this lifetime. You can also use past lives um, and this is really interesting, to bring forward skills and abilities that you need in this lifetime. So I was not a very good public speaker. I was very nervous. And when I went to do my very first talk, I had 70 people to talk to. And I went into my records the day before (laughs) and I said, show me a past life where I've excelled at public speaking in my records. And I was shown that I was a, a, a mayor of a small town and I was a bit of a drinker and I had a red nose and big, big belly and, you know, a big bit of a jovial your person. And, but I could get up there and I could just talk away to my constituents, you know, in the town and the village. And I said, okay, well, I want those skills and abilities that this man has got, which was me or is me. Mm-hmm. I want them in this lifetime and you can take them into your lifetime and then use them. So now I don't have an issue I'm happy to get up in front of a, a group and talk about what people want to talk about in regards to the records. That's fantastic. So there's so many ways in which the records, someone either ourselves accessing the records or someone else doing it for us. There's so many benefits. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, I, t- I teach my students in the beginners class that, you know, this is a resource for them to use for anything. And because the records vibrate at such a high level of energy and vibration, It'll straight away just raise your vibration and make you feel a lot better. I said, just have a cup of tea and relax, listen to some music and you'll feel amazing. Mm -hmm. So there's all these different things we can use it for. And I guess part of my role is to just teach people to use it. It's there. So, and I'm really excited about that. It's it's so fascinating. And I just wondering how you came to this journey. I mean, obviously you're so passionate about it. How did you start with the Akashic Records or find out about them? I looked on your website and I saw you were once a nurse yourself. <laughs> yes, I was. That was a long time ago. Um, I guess for me, it's been a journey of, of healing and understanding my own journey. Um, I was born in a little country town in New South Wales and I, my father was an alcoholic, um, very violent at times, and he also sexually abused me as a young child. I was quite young. His memories of dad was, you know, trying to pull him and mum apart, and I was only pretty small. I only came up to his knee. So that whole sexual abuse, the domestic violence, that, that just that trying to work out why it happened to me. So I spent most of my life uh, reading books like Lynn, um, Louise Hayes, How to Heal Your Life and things like that. And back in 2010, I came across Linda Howe's book, How to Read the Akashic Records, and I, I thought that was quite interesting. Uh, so I spoke to a friend of mine about it and they explained a little bit to me what it was. And I went, I'll grab that because it's only $20 on Amazon. <laughs> um, and I started reading it and it was like, wow, this is fascinating. And then I started, um, it just was all synchronicity and Linda wasn't doing uh, online courses at the time. I would have had to travel to Chicago to do the class and I couldn't afford to do that. And then about six months later, she did her first online course and I, I did how to read the records 
And it was so funny because I was working on healing through the records and my dad died. Oh. And so then he left me the house and I had to do all the, you know, look after, uh, fix the house up, do all the will, sort out all of his finances. So I had to go back to my hometown. And while I was there, I was working on myself and healing myself through the records at the same time as working on the house and so on. So I did a lot of work when I was in my hometown and opened the records and dad came to me while I was in the records. Uh, and often we have loved, loved ones come while we're in the records and talk to us about things. And dad and I soul contract. So I had agreed to choose him to sexually abuse me, wow. to learn my sole purpose for this lifetime, which was forgiveness. And he needed to learn what it was like to be the abuser because he had his own things that he had to do. So I helped him do that and achieve that. So it was, but it was at such a high level of consciousness that there was no ego involved, no blame, no anger, no guilt. And then I realised how powerful this modality was because I wanted to teach other people how powerful this was and that if they had things like that that had happened to them and other you know, major wounds in their lives that they could use the records to heal. So very, very powerful. Thank you for sharing that. That was just so open and honest and, gosh, I can't imagine how challenging that would have been and especially having your father come to see you in the Akashic Records. Well, it's, it's just a different level of energy. So there was no... You know, no guilt, no blame, no anger, no... It was just... It was love and compassion. It was like, I get it. I actually really get it, you know, what this is all about. And it's such a different um, energy level. I, I don't know, it's just really, really hard to explain because, you know, working in the records, it, it just doesn't have all that ego attached to it. Um, and, and then was actually physically working at my home, you know, doing the painting and all of that, getting the house ready for sale. I could feel dad there, you know, his presence was still there and it was very dark and very heavy and almost oppressive um, in that sort of in the human context of it. But as soon as you go into the records, it shifts and, and the energy shifts and there's, you know, there's no blame, there's no guilt, there's no fear, there's no anger. It's just totally different and it's such a lovely space to be able to work in to, to, to work on yourself and it's interesting they never ever give you any information that you know is is bad or nasty or you know really going to hurt you quite often clients come to me and they'll say oh I already know that I just want confirmation so they're just coming to me for a reading to confirm what they actually already feel yeah. in their heart or know that they have to do um, so but they just don't trust themselves they don't trust the information so I guess a lot of people may come to you as well you know they have challenges or roads crossroads in their life and they want some more guidance on what path to take oh absolutely I, I've I've done readings for you know I have one lady come to me and she just wanted to know why she couldn't have children and uh, three hours later that was a long reading we <laughs> got to the point where we realized that she just couldn't love herself her inner child you know, and this, and this lifetime was about her reconciling with her own inner child before she could have children. I know that sounds a bit strange, but that's just how, and she got it. She totally got it. She went, oh, wow, you know. Yeah, that, um, that would have been very comforting for her, I'm sure. It was because she had done a lot of uh, healing, she thought, and she tried a lot of modalities to try and find out what was happening to her. Um, 
And then I had another lady come to me and she had a past life where she had was getting lots of headaches, lots of migraines and headaches. And she said, I, I would like to know what's causing it. So when we opened her records, I, I just straight away got a past life where she was being chased by her husband. And next thing you know, you know, her head was chopped off and her head was on a spear and uh, all of this, you know, I was talking to her about this and she was crying and she's like, I just can't believe it. And I'm like, why? What's happening? She said, well, Joe, I cannot drive down a street that has a fence with spears on the fence. Oh, my you know, gosh. On... She said, if, it's, if I know there's a fence in that street, I won't drive down there. I have to bypass it. And she said, if it takes me another 10 minutes, then that's what I do. So she had this feeling that she didn't realise, she didn't even know. So that was really interesting. Um, yeah, I've had some really interesting readings. Um, I had one lady who rang up and wanted to know about a few things and, and it kind of freaked me out a bit because they told me that her partner was having an affair. And I'm like, oh, how do I tell someone that, you yeah, know, their, yeah. their husband's cheating on them? And, and I just, she said, tell me, tell me, what did they say? <laughs> and, I, and I told her and she said, oh, I already know that. I just want to know what to do about it. So then I had to trust myself that what the information they were giving me was, you know, was true. And it, and it always is. And, you know, sometimes people just don't want to hear it. And that's it. So when you said, sorry to just backtrack, but when she wanted to know, she knew her husband was having an affair and <laughs> she asked for some guidance from you or what to do, do you get a download of that, of what messages that her Akashic Records needs to provide her? Absolutely. She, she had uh, two pathways that she could follow um she could either stay in the relationship um and certain things would happen or she could choose to leave and she had a whole nother life that she could choose so um yeah so i just so so i've gotten to the point now where i just say what they tell me and um and i do believe that she did go and have a couple of more readings afterwards with various people to get a bit more information on what to do but i don't know what she chose to do. Okay. Um, but again, that's our choice. I'm very interested as well. Obviously, you said there's only a little bit of information about the future because, I mean, look, everything's changing all the time and, you know, whatever we choose changes the future. But is the, can we change the past as well? Well, what I understand is that the Akashic Records are not static. Mm. So they are forever changing. There's a few concepts around changing the past um for me personally i don't know why i'd want to change the past because it's brought me to the exact point where i am in my life now so that was meant for me to experience all of my past things to bring me to this point in my life now um and without that happening i wouldn't probably be doing the akashic records so for me i don't feel like i want to change my past um, however, if I do have a past life that is hanging around and it's causing maybe some behavioural issues or maybe stopping me for, from fulfilling my potential, um, then, yes, you could go in and look at that lifetime uh, and work out what's happening and what's kind of hanging around and how to integrate that into our lives now. So some people say you can change the past and I guess if you go in and you you know, take that past life into your life now and you forgive yourself and you heal that life, then you've changed it. But I don't know about actually physically changing that past life that might have happened, you know, 100 years ago or 500 years ago, but I just don't know if 
that's if that's what happens. That was a beautiful answer. Thank you. You know, I'm just I've just been reading about that at the moment, so I was really interested in your opinion. Oh, there's a question I'd like to ask you. So, in regards to the Linda Howe book, who wrote How to Read the Akashic Records, which you have mentioned, I did tell you that I had read it. Um, and I have tried to read the Akashic Records. I might get little snippets, but I certainly wouldn't call myself, you know, having the capability to read my Akashic Records or other people's records. I guess you're probably going to say, come to my workshop, which, is, which I'd like to do. <laughs> Why is it not working for me? <laughs> um, oh, well, there's, there's probably a few reasons. It's I'd have to make sure that um, I just listen to make sure that you're you're doing the process properly, um, because some people get a little bit confused with the process, and that's of course the beginners classes where we just practice and practice and practice. The other thing is also whether you're um, more of a logical person like more of a, a thinking person rather than a feeling person. And during the class on the weekend, you know, I was listening, I go around and I listen to people as they open their records and uh, as, and in particular open the records of other people because that's where, you know, they do a reading for another person and that's where they really get validation uh, of the information that's coming down because they don't know these people. And then all of a sudden they find out all this information, you know, and they're, partners going yes that's true that's so true how did you know that about me so it's a validation which really helps but there's also a way of asking the questions and there's also a way of how we perceive ourselves so a lot of my students will say oh I think this is what's happening and I go no 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 thinking comes from the head mm. it comes from the mind what are you feeling I want you to feel the information so it's opening the heart space and feeling the information and that flows. So there's that real fine line between whether we, you know, are, are more ego-based or more heart-based. And, and a lot of us are in our minds and it's about getting out of that mindset and, and feeling the information more. So, and the best thing to do is it's practice. The more we practice doing records, the readings for other people in particular, it flows more, the energy flows more. Um, and then when we do the readings for ourselves, we trust more in what we get. Sorry. Yeah, I was about to say um, trusting is really important that the information that you're receiving is not just, you know, a figment of the imagination, but it's actually trusting um, that the information is right. Yes, yes. And, and we do a really great exercise where um, I'll say to the students, you know, pick, a, pick a, a question that you want answered and we're going to do it, from, do it from an intuitive point of view. So from a gut point of view, we'll answer the question and then we'll open our records and we'll ask the question in the records. And that really shows the students the difference between our intuition and, and working in the records. And usually what happens is the, the answer is similar or, or to the question, the answer to this question is similar, but in the, with our intuition, it's more of an overview. <laughs> but when we go into the records, we find the root cause. You know, what is really causing this issue or problem that we've got? And we go deeper and deeper and then we can work on it and heal it. Um, so that's a very, very clever technique. Wow. I definitely want to do one of your workshops. But you mentioned before you did a reading for a lady that went for three hours. Is that an unusually long time? Yes, yes. That's, uh, it's just I think because of the actual... Um, you know, this was the lady that was, um, you know, wanting to know about why she couldn't have children. And mm -hmm. sometimes a reading is almost like peeling an onion. You know, there's one sure. layer and then another layer and then another layer, you know, and it's like, and sometimes people don't want to accept that 
and they, and they go, oh, no, 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 no. And then they go, oh, that's true. And then you, you go deeper and you're deeper and deeper. And I guess as a, you know, as a reader, that's, that's what we're about to try and get to that root cause of what's happening with the person. And, and, and then you find the soul level truth Linda talks about in her book and, and, you know, um, it just shifts, the whole energy shifts and, and people get a, an answer to the question and, and then they can, you know, forgive themselves or heal or whatever is working with them. And, um, you know, they go from there. So, um, that's my role as, as, as a uh, teacher and as a, a practitioner to try and find answers for people. So it's so incredible. The more I listen to you, the more I think, my gosh, everyone should have a, a reading and learn how to read. It's just such a wonderful concept and capability to have, especially on a deep soul level. That's my mission. <laughs> I, I, I'd be happy not to do readings anymore and just travel and teach. I really would. That's, I just, I see the light come on, you know, that aha moment in my students. And, you know, we had such a great group on Saturday and Sunday. We just laughed most of the time. And I'm sure we were, you know, um, just a bit of a pain in the bum for the rest of the people that were using the facility. But we just had such a great group. And what's really, really interesting is that those people were meant to be there. Because what happens is I always pair up people to read each other and I'll go into my records and I'll say, who needs to be paired up with who for this exercise? And they'll t tell me. And it was just so obvious the, in the first exercise that, you know, one person was a light worker and another person was a light worker and they needed to work together. And then another person was uh, working, doing something and they needed to be paired up with somebody else. And I hadn't even seen it. And it was like, wow, this is so amazing. So, um, yeah, it was brilliant absolutely brilliant and at the end of the weekend everyone was so connected and so much um, you know loving of each other and supportive and um i just shake my head every time it's it's just meant to be what an amazing passionate journey you're on i can just feel you lighting up as you're talking about it i can see you're so excited and um how much it does for other people and yourself as well it's really wonderful yeah i, I mean i just love it it's i i you know, worked in, a, worked in a major telco for 15 years and, you know, it was very corporate and, um, you know, very rigid and rules and regulations. And, you know, if you told me that I would be doing this kind of work after I left there, I'd just say, what? You're crazy. No way. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, it's, it's yeah. It's, I hear it's, that so often. <laughs> um, you know, and I think that's one of the biggest problems we've got in our society is that, yes, I just talk to so many people and they're so unhappy and they're depressed and they're just... You know, they're just not following their purpose, their life purpose, and they don't understand themselves and they're just so unhappy. Yeah, so disconnected from, from life and from source. And I just, you know, I think working in the records, even if you don't do a lot of work on yourself from a healing perspective, you just reconnect and reconnect with the energy, the universal spirit. Yeah, there's so many layers to it. So, um, yeah, I'm just very excited. And I hope to get to Europe next year and do some... Um, classes over there and teach some people over there because I went to, to Europe in February this year and I spoke to a lot of people and there's such a, I'm just not sure how to describe it, such a, a history or a heaviness um, that is, a, is attached to these people, especially in France and, you know, Germany and that they've got such a history of, you know, wars and conflict and all kinds of things and they just always feel you know, these people are telling me they just always feel so tired and like they've got the, the weight of the world on their shoulders. 
So I really want to do some work over there. I'm so interested you say that because I'm wondering, I'm very interested in the moment about geography or astrogeography. Do you think it's the souls or the people themselves that are heavy or it's actually the land that they're living in? Well, funny you should say that because when I was in Europe, um, I decided I would open the records of some you know, uh, ruins and castles and dungeons and all this, all these things, you know, just, just to see what oh, it was yes. like. So you get into that because you can actually do the records from buildings as well. I forgot to ask you about that. Yes, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no, yeah. that's fine. Yeah, so, so I've started up a new, uh, I got told I had to start up a new um, YouTube channel called The Akashic Traveller. So that will be me travelling the world and travelling and doing the records and readings on different places and buildings and things and then I'll upload the video. So I did Care Castle in County uh, Tipperary in Ireland and that was just amazing. Um, But that had a beautiful energy about it, even though it was a 13th century um, castle. I expected to, um, you know, have some... Negativity associated. Yeah, not very nice stuff, you know. But that that wasn't the case. Um, and then um, I stayed with some friends in Kleckgu in Germany and we went to a very, very old castle, uh, partly uh, part, a part ruin and I went down to go to the dungeon and it was like, ooh, I can't only get halfway down the steps. <laughs> um, so I, I opened the records, you know, and there were just these souls there and I was like, ooh, I've not done this before so I'm not quite sure what I'm doing but... I spoke to a few of them and there was one gentleman who just did not want to leave and he was very distressed and I held out my hand and I said to him, you know, can take my hand and he did and he just cried and I just could feel this, 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 I don't know, this energy from him just deplete and, and then he just said, I'm ready to go. So I just, what we call established a pillar of light and said, if you want to go into the pillar of light, you can. So he said he did. So that was okay. So then I felt I could go down into the dungeon. So I went down into the dungeon. Physi- and Physically go down. Yeah, physically go down. And what was really interesting is we had a, a dog there as well. Jimmy was with us. And when I first went there, Jimmy wouldn't go down the steps either. <laughs> um, and then after I worked on the dungeon, he did. He came down with me. And I went, oh, this is interesting. Um, so then I w- walked up on top of the, the castle and it was quite high up. And I just went, oh, I can't stay up here. And I had a friend with me and she said, can you feel the energy? And I said, yeah. She said, I feel like I'm going to get thrown off. And I said, me too. So we kind of quickly come back down and I, I got about halfway down and I went, I need to work on this energy. So again, I established a pillar of light and I worked within the records and I got thrown, uh, shown a, um, a, um, a scenario where people had a noose tied around their neck and they got thrown off the side of the castle and, and hung. And then there were all these crows picking at them and it was just not very nice and it was quite horrible really. And then made the connection that the person that was the executioner that was doing this was actually the man in the dungeons. He was the man that was oh my gosh. didn't want to leave and was had all this remorse and stuff about him. And, and so I worked on that and then um, gave it about half an hour or so and then walked back up the top and I could stay up there. The, the energy had shifted. And then I was just, yeah, getting these messages, you've got to come back over here and work on this energy and to release this energy from these places and sites. That's absolutely um, fascinating. Mm, yeah, um, very, very interesting. And I also went to a little place called Trilla in France, up in the Pyrenees, and, and uh, came across a 2,000-year-old Doolin, I think it is, or a Dolan, 
depending on how you want to pronounce it, which is a rock altar. Okay. Um, and that had two timelines in the records. That was a uh, pagan uh, altar, ritual altar, where sacrifices were made. Uh, and where they had lots of beautiful food and, you know, they had the whole solstice and they had celebration and it was a beautiful time. And then the second timeline in the records was one of a Roman uh, garrison coming through and burning and raping and pillaging and basically destroying the whole village. And that didn't have a very good energy about it. So then I had to do a bit of energy work there. So I was just amazed and very excited. This is going to be an amazing YouTube show, I can tell you. It sounds absolutely fascinating. Yeah, so I was just like, Akashic Travel. Oh, that sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So aside from actual buildings, if you're standing on a piece of ground or a piece of land, can you read the records from that geographical location? You can as long as you have permission. So because these buildings were open to the public, Mm -hmm. there was already permission granted. But if you were to go onto somebody's land and it was private land, privately owned, you would then have to ask the owner for permission to read that area. And if it was public land? That's fine. That's open to the public. How absolutely fascinating. And I'm just interested, do you think... um where we have lived in past lives, do you think we have an affinity, in, for example, in this life for that geographical location? Absolutely. Um, I have I had a few past lives when I was in Europe, which was interesting because I didn't think I would. But, yes, I did. So that was, that was great just to go and, and have a look at those and visit those. Um, the other thing that's happened, I guess, is that I'm working with another lady because as, as um, I believe that you need a mentor, even though you work in the, in the uh, record yourself and you do healing yourself as a teacher, I'm fully aware that I need to nurture myself and look after myself as well. So then I can be the best teacher and practitioner. So I have my own mentors. So I was working with a particular mentor and she made it very clear to me that there was a reason why I was born in Australia. And that was because Australia is such a young country. We do not have the ancestral energy or history that they do in Europe um, and that therefore I can now go to Europe and visit Europe uh, without having that heaviness on me from an energy perspective. Um, Even though I do have past lives over there, it's not the same as actually being born over there and living over there. So I, that's part of my role too, is to actually now travel over there and work over there. So there's definitely a connection between where we are born and, you know, why we are born in that particular area and what's associated with that from a records perspective or even from a, you know, living our lives that we do now. You know, why was I born in Australia or why wasn't I born in America or, you know, why wasn't I born back in Europe? So I understand that now. And I'm just thinking when you say the history, but we also had the Indigenous people in Australia for a long time, but that is a different vibration than the European settlement. Um. It's, it's a different vibration. What I, I feel, though, from my perspective and, and my opinion is that the Indigenous population and the Dreamtime, in no doubt in my mind, is some access of something. So maybe the Akashic, I don't know. I'd love to talk to some of the elders about that. Um, I think it's more of a... Um, So the Indigenous population, specifically in Australia, is incredibly old. So 
they have a different energy about that. And then we come from, from say, Europe to, to Australia mm-hmm. um, and we have our own energy. Um, and, yes, um, Europe is incredibly old, but it's still not as old as the Indigenous population. Like um, I think they talk at something like 40,000 years old and, you know, really I guess the, the European is... Um, I'm not sure. It's 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 not forty thousand years old. I wouldn't yeah. think. So it's just a different energy. Um, it doesn't mean that it's not part of the same consciousness, so to speak. I think it's just different. But not that heaviness. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I, I I just don't think the indigenous uh, energy feels heavy to me. What really feels heavy to me is that European. I just could feel it over there. It was like incredibly heavy and. Um, I don't want to say dark because dark implies evil and mm-hmm. I don't believe in that. Just, just, just different, just, just really uh, uh, you know, yucky, just yucky almost. Really oppressive energy. Mm. And I guess it's- everyone potentially could have different experiences as well with how they, they feel within their body or in their selves. It's just like this heavy energy they carry mm. ancestrally, I would Very think. Very interesting. Hmm. I'm going to think more about that. <laughs> yeah. That's, well, that's a lot of food for thought for me, actually. Yes. Very, very interesting. And, and you know, they're, and, and they're in these towns, you know, and villages that are thousands of years old and they must have so much history and energy associated with that history. And so there's lots of fun things you can do with the records. <laughs> I mean, we could go on about this. I mean, even I'm thinking about cultivation of land. It's been going on for thousands of years as well. Absolutely. My mind's just ticking away thinking about all the possibilities that you're expressing. <laughs> it's very exciting. We're almost out of time and I guess since this show's about passion, I always like to ask the question, if someone is looking for more passion in their life or to live more passion in their life, what would you recommend? Well, from a, I guess from a human perspective, um, if you don't want to go into the records and find out, but from a human perspective, one of the best things would be to try and remember what you were passionate about as a child, whether it be painting, drawing, helping people, helping animals. And usually there is a little bit of a, um, a reminder, I say to people, think back what you were passionate about as a child, um, especially a young child, because we haven't yet been manipulated by society or taken on board all that stuff or haven't probably been at school very long to be changed you know, to, to conform. Um, of course, the other aspect is to access the records or someone that does that kind of work and ask the question, you know, what should I be doing with my life? I think most people know what they really would like to do, um, you know, within their heart. Mm. And then it's about trusting that because, you know, there's that old saying, you know, if you do something that you love or you're passionate about, you never work a day in your life. Absolutely. <laughs> or even though you do work, but it is enjoyable. Yeah, well, it's, it's not like work. It's, it's, you know, you're happy to do it and you put in, it's just part of who you are and it's extension of your essence or, or who you are, your soul. Mm. It's, um, it's what you're supposed to be doing. So I love that answer. Thank you so much for that. Well, thank you. It's been lovely. Oh, thank you for being so open and honest and, you know, so, so, so much food for thought that we've discussed. I've really, really enjoyed the conversation. Well, it's been lots of fun. So thank you very much for asking me to be involved with um, the Passion Harvest. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much. Okay. I'll let you go. Bye. Bye. 
Thank you so much for joining me today. If you would like to know more, follow Passion Harvest on Instagram or Facebook. We would love to hear from you. Tell us how you are living your passions. Please subscribe to our podcast and please rate and review it. Share it with a friend and inspire them to develop their passion. Goodbye and until next time, keep spreading that passion.